It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Welcome to the Stacy and Stacy podcast, where we talk about scripture, tradition, and living this crazy life of faith that we're all in. Today is November 30th, Feast of St. Andrew the Apostle. This is our 51st episode of season two, and we will be covering in the catechism um, a little bit about Hebrews 11 and what it means um, to, to have faith. They, the catechism calls, calls this the great eulogy of the faith of Israel's mm-hmm. ancestors. So we'll go through Hebrews 11 when we get to the catechism part. But first, Stacy Farquharson is going to teach us some things about the Bible. Okay, awesome. Well, today is the feast day of St. Andrew the Apostle. And we all know who St. Andrew is. He's Peter's older brother. He was a fisherman. He's the patron saint of fishermen and singers. I had no idea. Singers. He is also the patron saint to several countries and cities, including Scotland, Romania, Russia, Ukraine. And that speaks to me because my daughters, I have two daughters from Russia that uh, we adopted from Russia. So I will be asking him to pray for them. He was crucified on a cross form known as the Crux de Cusida, and it's an X-shaped cross. I never uh, knew that. Saltire, yes. And it's uh, commonly referred to as St. Andrew's Cross. It's believed that he requested to be crucified this way because he deemed himself unworthy to be crucified on the same type of cross as Jesus. And he, they did not use nails um, on him. He was, uh, he was, they didn't use the nails on him. Um, his, now another cool thing is his satire cross is featured on the flag of Scotland. So I thought that was really interesting. That is neat. I didn't know any of that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so let's say our prayer and we'll get started. Grab coffee. (laughs) Oh, yes. Get your coffee, uh, tea, (laughs) bottle water, whatever you want. Something healthy, something healthy. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, again today, we ask you that that you let your scriptures be our chaste delight. Lord, we ask that you would perfect us and reveal those pages to us. It is your voice that is our joy. Give us what we love. May the inner secrets of your words be laid open to us when we knock. This we beg by our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These are the treasures we seek in your books. St. Andrew, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just love that prayer. It's beautiful. Okay, so uh, we have another question today uh, from the USCCB website. 
Uh, is the New American Bible the only translation of scriptures that we can read from at Mass? So since May 19th, 2002, the revised lectionary based on the New American Bible is the only English language lectionary that may be used at Mass in the Diocese of the United States, except for the current lectionary for Masses with children, which does, does remain in use. Um, in 1970, the 1970 edition of the New American Bible is used in the scripture readings and the canticles of the Liturgy of the Hours, except the Benedictus, the Magnificat, and the Nunc Dimittis. So I looked up what the Nunc Dimittis was because I, I didn't right. know. I don't so, know either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's also known as the Song of Simeon or the Canticle of Simeon. And it's taken from the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. It's verses 29 through 32. And its Latin name comes from um, the Vulgate translation of the passage, meaning now you let depart. It's been used mm -hmm. since the fourth century. Um, so in this section of scripture, Mary and Joseph uh, take Jesus to mm -hmm. the temple and they meet Simeon, who was promised by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Savior of the world. And so now he can depart. So, um, Stacy, can you read that? Yeah. Uh, since you since you mentioned it, because I'd never heard of that either. And I looked it up and there's actually a Wikipedia article on it, which we'll post in the show notes as well. Oh, cool. But the, it has the English Book of Common Prayer from night from 1662, the translation of the Vulgate, the Latin Vulgate. Uh, it even has it in Greek. But I'm going to read the English version from the Roman breviary. It says now. And so this is Simeon's praying. Now, master, you let your servant go in peace. You have fulfilled your promise. Mine, oh, my own eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all peoples, a light to bring the Gentiles from darkness, the glory of your people, Israel. Mm. So a little bit of trivia there. And that's, um, that's neat. I didn't know that. I didn't know what the Nunc Dimittis is. I didn't know what the crux, what'd you call that? De decusata. <laughs> I didn't know about that in St. Andrew. So amazing. Just, you're just full of Catholic <laughs> trivia today, Stacey. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're Being Catholic too. words, like you're killing it. <laughs> oh, okay, the saltire, well. the, the heraldic symbol of St. Andrew's cross. Like I didn't. Amazing. Yeah, Thank you. Cool. Muchas cool, gracias. Cool Okay, so we are going to be reading the gospel today, and it's found um, in Matthew, uh, the fourth chapter of Matthew. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen, and he said to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Okay, you know what immediately jumped out at me when I read this passage of Scripture, the gospel reading for today? It was jumping today for you. The word... What? It was jumping for you today. <laughs> it was jumping today. And the word that jumped out at me, that immediately jumped out at me, was immediately. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they they immediately left their boats and their father and followed him. And I began to think about, 
I began to think about the different times over my life where the Lord has called me or asked me to do something, opened a door for me, wanted to spend time with me. And how many of those times I did not immediately respond to him or follow him or drop what I was doing and follow him. And, you know, I think we can all at one point or another in our lives say the same thing. We might question whether it really is God. Uh, we may um, just be distracted or busy. But but sometimes I think we do question whether or not, is that God? Is that me? Is that the enemy? You know, we don't want to be, uh, we don't, you know, the enemy will try to trick us or distract us. And so we don't want to follow that. But I just want to encourage you today. I just want to encourage you that if it has anything, if you feel like the Lord is saying something or you feel like you're getting a sense to do something and it has anything at all with spending time with God, building his kingdom, helping someone, if it tastes like a fruit, looks like a fruit, smells like a fruit of the spirit, then it probably is. And <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm thinking of my big fat Greek wedding. At <laughs> the end, we're all fruit. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, we, we second guess ourselves and sometimes we second guess God. But the enemy doesn't want us to spend time with God, build his kingdom or help someone or, or walk in the fruits of the spirit. So if we feel like we're, we have a sense to do something that falls in one of those categories, then, you know, do it. I mean, we would never say, Oh, goodness, I felt like the Lord told me to pray for my sister today. I wonder if that was really God or if that was the enemy. The enemy doesn't want us to do that. So, you know, that was God. And if it falls, like I said, in one of those categories, just do it. You might think, well, how do I know that it's God? What if I call my sister and say, hey, are you OK? I felt like God told me to pray for you today. And she says, I'm fine. Everything's great. You might think you missed God or that it was just you thinking that. Well, good news. First of all, if it was just you, praise God, pray for your sister anyway. She needs it whether she knows it or not. Second, if it was God and she says everything's fine, well, she doesn't know what the future holds. We can't see around the corner. Everything may be fine in that moment. Or she might be like me where she's just embarrassed to tell you what's really going on. I've done that many times. But God may have you praying for her because he does know what the future holds. So pray. Because she needs it, whether she knows it or not. And third, I never call anyone and tell them God told me to pray for them unless mm -hmm. I feel like he wants me to. Because we have to be careful. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he wants to detour us. He wants to stump our faith, steal that abundant life that Jesus came to give us the life we receive from spending time with him and obeying him by getting our focus off of God, off of our obedience to God and putting it on ourselves. Okay. God might tell you to let them know though. So mm -hmm. if God's telling you to call them and tell them that you're praying for them, then it will be to encourage them. Again, it won't really be for us. It will be for them. We just got to make sure we don't keep our eyes on ourselves. Okay. So all that. James and John, Peter and Andrew, all four left their nets. They stopped what they were doing. So this is in contrast with yesterday's scripture. They didn't wait for the right time. They weren't waiting on their inheritance. They didn't wait for their parents to pass, the kids to grow up, go off to college, buy a house, have a baby, whatever that reasoning would be. The good thing about James and John, though, is that their dad was with them. 
I thought that was kind of cool. They were able to say, hey, dad, we're going with Jesus. Tell mom bye for us. And maybe Peter and Andrew said, hey, Mr. Zebedee, please stop by and tell her parents that we went with Jesus. And maybe <laughs> Peter said, hey, can you let my wife know I won't be home for supper? I mean, there was some opportunity there to, to say goodbye. But the point is they didn't hesitate. They dropped what they were doing and answered the call. We talked about this yesterday. But for me, if God is telling me to do something and I try to ignore it, I'll have a knot in my stomach. I mean, that's how I know I'm in disobedience. If I try to mm -hmm. pass by and not do something that I feel like the Lord is calling me to do, I, I will have such an uneasiness. I will have such unrest. There will be no peace at all. A lot of times we can be led by God's peace. Sometimes it's not whether we hear him say yes or no. It's that peace that, that mm -hmm. we are led by. And like Stacy said yesterday, when God is calling you to do something and you know that it's him calling you, then do it. Take mm -hmm. that leap of faith and trust him. Walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. You know, Second Timothy tells us that even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. If he's calling you to do something, he will see it through for you. He will help you do it. God is faithful even when we're not. And then yesterday, Stacey, you also said that uh, you struggled initially with the blind obedience. One of Mary's mm -hmm. virtues that we were talking about when we went to Maine but that you could trust Jose because you trusted him because you knew that yeah. he had your best interest at heart. And that so spoke to me yesterday. And it reminded me of Isaiah 26, three, which I know I've said, that's one of my favorite scriptures. God will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on him mm -hmm. because he trusts him. But Stacy, that's exactly what that scripture means. The the you being able to trust Jose, mm -hmm. you have over the years gotten to know each other, put in the hard work, done life together, walked hard roads mm -hmm. together, learned what makes each other laugh and what makes each other cry. Mm -hmm. We're good at that. <laughs> yeah, but you've spent time together, yeah. right? You've put the, the effort in. And because you've spent time together, you've fallen more and more in love with each yeah. other because you've revealed yourself to each other. You've you you've seen each <laughs> other's heart. You've learned to trust that love that you found in each other mm -hmm. and knowing that he has your best interest at heart you, because you trust him. Yeah. And the fruit of that is the peace that you have when you lean on Jose and trust his decisions. You have peace mm -hmm. in his decisions because you trust him because you've spent time with him and you know he loves you. Mm -hmm. That is that scripture, Isaiah 26, 3. That's what we're called to do with God. We spend time with him. We get to know him, his heart, his word, his love for us. And as we do, we trust him. And we can have that peace that passes understanding when we take a leap of faith and obedience to something that sounds crazy to the rest of the world, mm -hmm. because we know that God's got our best interest at heart and that he's faithful even when we're not and that he's going to take care of us and he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll make that crooked path straight and those rough places smooth because he loves us and he's going to take care of us. And when we do that, when we get to that place where we drop everything and follow him. Okay, so here's that. So that he will make us fishers of men. We will get to share that peace and that love and that trust with others so that the one thing that is so important to the one we love and the one that loves us 
is to grow his kingdom, helping others get to heaven. And as Jesus said yesterday in his word, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So let us pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into his harvest and make us fishers of men. You know, that that's one of the ways I just wanted to jump in on what you were and thank you for saying that about what I said about my husband. That was hard, though, because in in life, what often happens is as you grow in your faith with God, you grow in your relationships with other people, too, because you understand yourself better and you understand what it means to be human better. And there was there was like many years. We've been married almost 20 years now in January. But for like, you know, 18 and a half of them, (laughs) I had a hard time trusting Jose and I had a hard time trusting anybody because I'm a control freak and I like to do things for myself. And we were actually in a marriage therapy session one time. So we were there. We were both agreed to change whatever we needed to change in ourselves to fight for our marriage. We were all ins, but we were in therapy learning how to to smooth out these rough places. And the therapist just stopped one time and looked at me because I was like, blah, 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 all this, all this, all this. The therapist (laughs) looked at me and said, Stacy, do you trust Jose to have your best interests at heart? And I just stopped talking and I just, I just stopped. And I, I, I mean, nobody had ever asked me that before. I had never asked myself for that before. And I realized Mm -hmm. in that moment, the answer was no, like I don't, trust him to have my best interest at heart. And we, we had had some really difficult things happen to us in our marriage. And, and so I was honest, I said, no, I don't. And, and that was hard for him to hear, but just saying that, that was the beginning of healing because I said it. And I think he understood that's where my control freakness was coming from because I, I didn't trust. And that, but that gave us a ground then to start building that trust. And today I can completely say, I, whatever it is, I know he's got my best. I know he's got my back. I do know it, but it wasn't always there. No, but um, that was part of you guys putting in that hard work mm-hmm. and working towards it. And I mean, you know, and, and even, even with God, there are people and you know, me in the past, I didn't trust that the Lord had, I mean, I just didn't. Like I said before, you know, I knew God loved me, but I that was in my mind. That was in my mm-hmm. head. I'd sang about it as a small child. But in my heart, mm-hmm. if I got mm-hmm. brutally honest, I didn't know that God right. loved me. I was a you know, grown woman singing about it all my life, saying it all <laughs> my life. But as a grown woman before I realized. And I always say that the journey from the head to the heart can be a long journey. Yeah. And so we have to, you know, like you guys did, we have to put in the work even with our Heavenly Father. Because mm-hmm. like you said, we've, we've been through so much stuff on this earth. We, we've, you know, we have to work through things. We have to receive healing for, for things that we've mm-hmm. gone through. And God wants us to receive those healings so that we can have a relationship mm-hmm. with him so that it can spill out onto other people. Right. I don't know if I could be like St. Andrew and say, God, I know you have my best interest at heart, even if I need to be crucified on an X cross. <laughs> I, You know, that, that's a whole new level yeah. of faith. And I honestly, I'm still in that mode of God, I'll have faith in you, but please don't let me suffer too much. Don't I, yeah. I, I don't want to suffer too much. Let's, have, let's just have a happy, clappy faith. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I get that. I get that. Fun. But the things that we have gone through in the past, it's like, okay, Lord, now let's take these things. Let's receive healing.
for these things and then let's use them, you know. Mm-hmm. But going forward, it's like, oh, <laughs> going forward, oh, Lord. <laughs> when I speak to young people, I'm like, I have some really bad news for you. If you sign up for a life of faith, you're signing up for a life of suffering. So there, everybody come to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but uh, but that's not entirely true because that's what you learn in the middle of that suffering. You learn that you're not afraid of pain. You're not afraid of suffering. You learn that you can find peace and happiness even in the middle of all of that. And that is the gift of faith. You learn that you're above it. And, you know, it, it, I would hope that someday I have such strong faith that even if I had to meet a very painful end of my life, I would still be praising God. You you often hear of that with the the saints and martyrs. They were rejoicing even as they were dying. Yes, yes. Mm. Yep, that is a whole nother level. Okay, well, let's move on to the catechism's lesson for today. This is just so many lessons um, in this podcast today. If you listen to our podcast every morning, you'll be learning all these big Catholic words <laughs> and about scripture and about tradition and all these details of the faith. So tune in Stacy and Stacy podcast, scripture and tradition every morning drops at eight o'clock Texas time. That is central time. Okay. In the catechism, we're on page number 39 and we are in um, the paragraphs 145 through 144. And we've just started this section on, I believe, Article 1, I believe, the obedience of faith. And this three sections of the catechism talk about Abraham. And after it follows a, a whole lot of other people in the Bible who had great faith. But we're starting with Abraham, the father of all who believe. That's what the catechism calls him, the father of all who believe. And Section 145 refers to the letter to the Hebrews um, that it was written to the Hebrew people in chapter 12. There is what they call this eulogy of faith. There's this long discussion of people who have faith. And so Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the faith of the ancients. I'm reading in the Bible. And the first verse says, faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. That is another one of those verses that stopped me dead in my tracks. Faith is evidence of things not seen to a chemist that is at first absurd. But then you're like, well, I've never seen an atom either. And I have faith that they exist. So, yeah, I get it. But when we're talking about faith, here, we're not talking about faith in things. We're talking about ultimately faith in someone who is Christ and God. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it goes through that chapter. Read it sometime if you're feeling weak in faith. But it gets to Abraham um, on down about chapter uh, verse eight, talks about Noah first, and then it gets to Abraham in verse eight. And that's the part the catechism is talking about for today in paragraph 145. It lays special emphasis, Hebrews, the letter to Hebrews, lays special emphasis on Abraham's faith. Quoting from scripture in the catechism, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was to go. (laughs) By faith, he lived as a stranger and pilgrim in the promised land. By faith, Sarah was given to conceive the son of the promise. And by faith, the hard one, Abraham offered his only son in sacrifice. And that, of course, was, he didn't know it at the time. It was a prefigurement of God offering, God the Father offering, God the Son um, incarnate as his son, his only son, his only begotten son as sacrifice. 
Section 146, just to keep reading from the Catechism, Abraham thus fulfills the definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Abraham believed God, believe, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Because he was strong in his faith, Abraham became the father of all who believe. Section 147, real quick because I just want to be sure to get the catechism part in here. The Old Testament is rich in witnesses to this faith. The letter to the Hebrews proclaims its eulogy of the exemplary faith of the ancestors who received divine approval. Yet God had foreseen something better for us, the grace of believing in his son, Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He calls his son, Jesus, that the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So there's Abraham, you know, whenever it feels like you're stepping out in faith and you don't know where you're going to go, think of Abraham leading the people in the, in the promised land. Um, think of, of what he had to go. He had to go out to a place where he was to receive an inheritance, um, not knowing where he was to go. He sojourned in the promised land as in a foreign country. He dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise. And he was looking forward to the city with foundations who are, whose architect and maker is God. So a real, real, you know, father of all the faith. So we'll talk tomorrow about the next one that the catechism goes through is Mary again, blessed is she who believed. Um, and then we'll go on into others after that. So that is your catechism lesson for the day. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Stacey. I love that you're yeah. going through the catechism. I love, I love that. that you're doing scripture and we're talking about all this stuff. It's so fun. Well, now that we are are armored up for the day, prayed up for the day, um, thinking about faith, we hope that you have a wonderful day and that you um, are given many opportunities to step out in faith and and discover the blessings and richness of living life that way. Yes. Walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. I'm Stacey Farquharson. And I'm Stacey Trisankos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>